Hey, it's Dave. Welcome to the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. I appreciate you downloading it. Thanks for listening. Uh, I think we're on number 33 or something like that now, so we're keeping the streak alive. I did miss last week, and I don't remember why. Uh, I think sometimes I'm motivated to do the podcast, and other times I'm like, well, it sounds like a lot of work to go upstairs and turn the computer on. I do have the world's slowest booting computer that takes forever. It's like a 10-year-old computer that I use for this, and it takes forever, but that's no good excuse. Sometimes I just don't do it, but I thank you for listening to the podcast. It's all based on the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything, which is, of course, still available on Amazon. It's available on Kindle, and we're going to read a chapter out of the book, and that's what we're going to start the podcast with. Then we got some phone calls. we got some other random fun stuff, some not-so-fun stuff to talk about, uh, and then, of course, we're always looking for your input and your ideas, which you can call us anytime at 612-405-9359 and you can also check out our Facebook page take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything and let me know if there's anything that you want to comment on or that we should talk about okay we're going to do chapter 16 of the book never give up unless it's time Uh, We're going to read it first, then a couple of thoughts on the chapter. It's a little bit longer of a chapter, but I really like this one because I think there's some really valuable information that gives us some food for thought. Here we go. Winston Churchill was was once asked to speak to a group of students. It seemed as though he didn't have anything prepared. Churchill stood up, he walked to the podium, paused for effect, and said, Never, ever, ever give up. Hmm. Then he sat down. Now, Churchill was famous for not giving up. During the darkest days of World War II, Germany was pretty much annihilating Great Britain from the sky. Planes dropped bombs, while primitive, poorly aimed rockets fell on both military and civilian targets. The entire population lived in fear. As a matter of fact, the whole keep calm, and, keep calm and carry on campaign was a creation of the British government at the time in hopes of somehow calming the nerves of the people. Now, Prime Minister Churchill eventually was able to turn the tide in World War II and, with the help of the United States and Canada and other allies, basically beat the snot out of Germany. Churchill knew a thing or two about never giving up. Okay, now I'm going to fast forward 25 years. Totally different story. Uh, There's a movie and there's a book. It's called The Wrecking Crew. And it doesn't matter if you've never heard of it. Uh, There's a story about a young guitar player in Los Angeles. He wanted to be great, so he begged to take lessons from one of the best guitar players in the city. Now, this guitar player said, I don't give lessons. But this student would not give in. He just, I mean, he just kept saying, I got to take lessons from you. So finally, he took lessons. And after months of lessons and tireless practice, the student said, do I have what it takes to be a great guitarist? And the answer was both honest and simple. No, no, you'll never be a great guitarist. Well, with that, the student gave up on guitar. But instead of just moving on and becoming a dentist or an architect or a plumber or whatever, uh, he took on a new direction. He went on to become one of the greatest music producers of the 1960s, influencing music in a way that still resonates in much of music we hear today. His name was Phil Spector. And you don't hear much about him now. Uh, I think he was involved in a murder trial about five or ten years ago, something like that. But back in the 60s and 70s, he was the shit... One more story about never giving up. Years ago, a radio friend of mine was diagnosed with cancer. Now, his doctors didn't see much hope and gave him the whole get your affairs in order talk. Screw that. 
said my friend. He got other doctors to examine him, and sure enough, not only was there hope, but 15 years later, he's still alive, and he's as big a pain in the ass as ever. He could have given up, but he didn't. Never give up. It sounds all noble and everything, but sometimes it is best to cut your losses and start over fresh. If you hire somebody who's not working out, it would be stupid to say, I'll never give up on him. Nope, cut your losses, turn the page, and show him the door. After all, it's in his best interest to go somewhere where he can flourish. Maybe you know somebody with a dream of being a great stand-up comic, and 10 years later, he's still looking for his first paying gig. Hey, if it's just for fun, great. But if he's still living in mom's basement while waiting for a call from the Laugh Hut in Missoula, then it might be time to help him refocus his energy. Hey, Churchill didn't have the luxury of giving up. For him, it was a matter of life and death. My friend with cancer could have given up, but he didn't. Phil Spector chose to give up his dream because he could see it was time to find another passion. They're all great examples. Never give up unless it's time. And I think that, now we're done with the chapter, this is just talking now, I think sometimes you have to watch for the signs of whether you're making any progress, and and that's really up to you to decide, because your friends are never going to be honest with you. Your friends are always going to say things like, well, never give up. You know what? Don't let anybody kill your dream. And that all sounds very noble, but if you're not seeing any signs of progress, then it's probably time to give up. I've seen radio people who, God love them, I've been in this business for coming up on 40 years now. And I've seen radio people that just never really made it. They just weren't going to do well. And they eventually had to to cut their losses. I mean, good for them. They went to do something else. Um, Here's something I haven't thought about in a long time. When I started radio classes at Pikes Peak Community College, on about day six or ten, the instructor pulled a kid into his office and told him, I, w- I didn't hear it, but I heard about it later. He said, you're just not cut out for radio. You're just not going to make it. It's just not the field for you. I want you to cut your losses, and I want you to do something else. Why? Because the kid had a very high voice. I mean, higher than a lot of women's voice. It was, and he wanted to do sports, and that was his thing, and he was a great kid, and everybody liked this kid. But he had a very high voice, and he would have gone through two years of college and spent a lot of money and a lot of time getting his degree and never gotten a job in sports radio or TV because he just didn't have the voice for it. So the teacher was honest and did him a favor and helped him cut his losses. So anyway, um, uh, thanks for listening to that one. Uh, The chapter is um, uh, number 16 in my book. So I love this story, and I put it on the... um, Uh, Facebook page for take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. It basically is like what returning your shopping cart says about you. And my brother-in-law, shout out Todd, sent me a link to this article. What returning your shopping cart says about you. And it's really interesting. And if you return your shopping cart all the time or nearly every time, then that says a lot about you. It says you're the kind of person, and I'm paraphrasing from the article. I want you to go read it. it basically says you're the kind of person who does things for other people and you don't expect people to do things for you and you want to make other people succeed and you want to make other people look good. And and basically, if you return your shopping cart, that just kind of, it tells yourself and tells anybody who sees it and, and just you know that you're the kind of person who makes other people look good. It makes life a little bit easier for other people. On the other hand, if you're the kind of person that's like, yeah, screw it. I'm just going to shove it into the next space. 
you're the kind of person who, and I'm not saying you, because I'm going to guess if you listen to this podcast, you're not the kind of person who does not return their shopping cart. Um, but I think that if you do, he has a point that you're the kind of person, let's talk about him in this way, they are the kind of person who expects um, something from the world that has that sense of entitlement. So I thought it was a really good article and really well written, and it's linked on the Facebook page. Um, I've talked about this before on our show, but never on the podcast. I told Lena Svensson on our show about 10 years ago, we were talking about flossing, and we had kind of a serious discussion about flossing. And I said, don't you think, Lena, who is very sharp, one of the sharpest people I've ever worked with, I said, don't you think that if you floss you probably do a lot of other little or big things in your life that improve your life, that make your life a little bit better than average. Because if you floss, you probably also do other things right, like maybe keep an eye on what you're eating, or maybe get a little bit of exercise, or maybe read a book once in a while, or maybe volunteer. Don't you think that if you floss, which nobody is ever going to check to make sure you floss, you're an adult, you do it or you don't do it, it's all on your own. And it's a pain in the ass because in the morning, I don't want to floss. I want to get my day started. I want to go to work. I want to stop by Caribou. But I floss, not because I'm a wonderful person, but because it's just something that you have to do. In the same reason that I pick up litter when I see litter on the ground. Not because I'm a wonderful person, but because it's just something that, well, if I don't do it, then somebody else is going to have to do it. So I would make the argument that if you floss, then you probably do a lot of other things right in your life. And I'll tell you this one, it makes your checkups with a dentist a whole lot easier. I didn't floss till I was about 25 years old, at least not regularly at all. I'd go to the dentist, my gums would bleed, and of course the dentist would always say, do you floss? And I'd lie and say, yeah, once in a while. How often? They'd say. And I'd say, ah, a couple of times a week, I would lie. And they would say, well, you know what? You probably need to do it every day. And when I started doing it more often, i do it four times a week. i do it Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's enough. The checkups are a whole lot easier when they poke your gums with that sharp thing. It doesn't hurt. Because your gums are healthier. So, I highly recommend flossing. Uh, and um, uh, there's another thing that I wanted to bring up. Randomly. Santa bears. Now, if you're old enough, this is out of the blue. Do you remember Santa bears? They were a big thing at Dayton's department store up until about 15 years ago when they changed it from Dayton's to Marshall Fields, and then the Santa Bears went away. What were Santa Bears? Every year, Dayton's for years, maybe 20, 25 years or so, would come out with a Santa Bear. And one year it'd be a pilot, next year it'd be a cowboy, then one year it was a, a bride and groom Santa Bear. They're about the size of a regular teddy bear, you know, maybe about a foot high. And they'd say Dayton's and Santa Bear, you know, 1994, whatever. And Susan had every one of them. And the ones that came out before we moved here, I think she bought them online or on eBay or I don't know how she got them. Where are they now? They are now shoved into some of those Rubbermaid containers in the basement. And we haven't looked at them in at least 10 years or more. And I'm like, throw them away. She's like, no, I can sell them. I said, nobody wants those things anymore. And the reason I bring it up is just because, I don't know, do you remember Santa Bears? If you're younger... 
I'd say probably under the age of 30, you don't remember Santa Bears. But if you do, maybe you even have them or your mom had them. Um, uh, I don't know. What should she do with these Santa Bears? I don't think anybody wants them. Maybe there's an old lady somewhere that's like still way into Santa Bears. But I don't think so. All right, we're getting close to wrapping up here. So um, I want to talk about one more thing. Uh, and that is the um, the standards that we live by and how they've changed over 40 years. The reason this comes up is because um, I was watching uh, the Game Show Network on the treadmill the other day. And it's just so funny to see how things have changed. Um, I was watching the match game. I was watching Match Game. It's done in 1975. And uh, there were two things that made me go, holy shit, boy, have we come a long way as a culture since 1975. There was a woman who introduced herself, and she said, I am a receptionist, I'm a full-time student, and I'm happily single. She's about 25 years old. Now, the host, Gene Rayburn, he's about 60 or 65 at the time. She goes, I'm happily single. And Gene Rayburn kind of leans down, and he goes, but do you fool around? And it was like, whoa, that was creepy and inappropriate. Can't imagine Howie Mandel asking somebody that on Deal or No Deal. Wouldn't happen. And then later in the show, you know, they had to match answers with the celebrities. It would be like, you know, Fallon has a brand new blank. And then they try to match answers, fill in the blank. So the question was something like, Sandy knew her date was odd when he blanked her corsage. And people would say, ate her corsage, or I don't remember the other answers, but... Uh, this is how prevalent gay jokes were and how okay gay jokes were in 1975 because a woman on the panel, a celebrity, a celebrity she said, uh, well, he, uh, his name was Bruce and he wore her corsage, she said in a stereotypical gay voice. And uh, I was like, wow, isn't that amazing how times have changed? So the reason I bring that up, we had a discussion on our show today about a conversation I overheard at a Halloween party, and maybe you heard us do this one. Uh, I was at the bar getting a Diet Coke, and uh, there's a guy wearing a purple, purple leopard skin pimp hat and heart-shaped sunglasses, and uh, I didn't really notice, but like a purple fur pimp coat. About 30 years old. Woman comes up to him, and I wasn't even paying attention at first, and she turns to him and she says, do you think that's funny? Do you think that's funny or a good choice to wear a costume that laughs at sexual violence toward women? And he looked around like, you're talking to me? And he looked back at her and, and, and he didn't know what to say. And she kept it up and she said something like, yeah, do you think sex slavery is funny? You know, that prostitutes get raped by their pimps and they get beaten up and forced into sex in the sex trade by their pimps. And the guy opened his mouth and drew a breath as if to say something back, but then he stopped himself. He, something like, <gasps> and, and then he stopped himself. And the encounter just kind of quit from there, and I think he walked away. And I thought, God, get over it. But on the way home, I thought, does she have a point? And... The, and how times changed. In 1975, for example, gay jokes and asking a single young woman, do you fool around, was acceptable. In the same way that a hundred years ago, white people painting their face black 
and doing shows was considered funny, and now it's not, and it hasn't been considered funny for a very long time, so times change. So was the woman overreacting, or was the guy pretty thoughtless? I don't know. I talked about it on the radio show this morning, and people really came down on her and said, get the F over yourself. But there was a handful, maybe one in ten comments, that said, no, it's not funny. We need to change the way we look at things like that. So I will leave that up to you to decide. And love to hear your comments at 612-405-9359. That's our phone number, 612-405-9359. And uh, I think if there's one thing that I missed on the podcast, I believe it's this voicemail from Nina about Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Here's Nina. Hey, Dave. It's Nina from Minneapolis. What up? Um, I was first was love the podcast. It's awesome. I love that you do it. And I think it's hilarious when you swear. And I don't know why. I think it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like It's like a, hearing my dad swear maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I was calling about the Boy Scout, Girl Scout thing. And I was in Girl Scouts and I hated it. I hated that my brother got to go camping and build fires and learn how to tie knots and things like that. And I, ooh, I remember getting like a sewing patch, which I hated sewing, and I didn't even utilize that the rest of my life. Um, I remember being really jealous and wanting to be in the Boy Scouts. So I definitely, definitely agree with you that boys and girls need to be separate. They have to have something that's their own. But I also think that the Girl Scouts needs to step up their game. It's not the 50s anymore. Maybe just because I'm a girl, I don't want to just learn how to sew and cook or bake. I want to learn how to build a fire. I want to learn, you know, how to hike 15 miles just uh, <laughs> and surviving on, on granola bars. I want to do those kinds of things. So I think it's the Girl Scouts' fault, and I don't think that the boys should have to, I guess, for lack of a better word, suffer. Thank you, Nina. Definitely appreciate it. Leave me a, a voicemail anytime at 612-405-9359. Comment on uh, the Facebook page. Uh, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Or even send me an email anytime to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. I think that's it. The book is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. It's available on Kindle, or you can get it at just about any bookstore. If they don't have it, they'll order it for you, or just get it on Amazon. Don't we buy everything on Amazon now? My gosh. All right, have a great week, and we will see you next week here on the podcast. Take care.